Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? As Rizzo said, keep Pastor Rigo in your prayers as he is recovering, and he is recovering well. He is recovering well, and uh, we thank the Lord for that. Well, I'm not a visitor here. This is my house. I consider this my house. Hopefully, you can consider me part of this house as well. It's awesome to be here. It's been a while that I haven't been here, and I have a word that I want to share with you guys. And um, I'm going to ask you if you could please stand with me this morning as we get ready to pray for the word of God. I want to thank those people in the back who are helping me this morning. Thank you so much. Um, if you could put Exodus 15, 22, 23 up there as well. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to please uh, open up there as we get ready to pray for the word. This will be the foundation of the message this morning. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Verse 23 says this. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, Lord God. We just want to thank you, Father, in advance for what you're going to do in this place, Lord God. Father, I thank you for every individual that is here. I pray that you open up our ears this morning so that we may hear your word, O oh God, as we believe that your word has transformation power, Lord God. Father, I pray that you just use me this morning. Allow my words to be yours, Father God. Let me get out of your way so that you can glorify yourself, Lord. May the name of Jesus be magnified in this house, and together we all say amen, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. So in the book of Exodus, I wanted to start off with that scripture this morning because I believe that God wants to speak to his people this morning, amen? And um, as we read the scripture, we see that Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, which was a tremendous victory. It was a tremendous victory. I mean, it was one of the most greatest victories that God started off his people with as they crossed the Red Sea. But you will notice that soon thereafter that, they, that God took them to the desert. So we see that they were at a place of glory and they were at a place of witnessing God's majesty power to a place of desert and dry land. And I don't know if you've ever been in the same shoes as Israel is, but sometimes God uses certain things and we're in the most glorious moments of our lives. And all of a sudden we see ourselves in desert kind of places. And you ask yourself, Lord God, what are you doing? But we believe that wherever we are at, may it be crossing the Red Sea or may it be us desperate in the desert for water. God is forever present in our midst and moving, even though we may not see it and we may not feel it, God is there moving. And God had a purpose for this. And God had a divine purpose for this. It says, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. And that is a frustrating situation for them as we believe that God took them from one place to another. And we believe that God is in total control. Verse 23, when they came tomorrow, and I want to stop here and I want to put ourselves in this comma right here where it says, when they came tomorrow. Now, 
the relief they must have felt when they finally found the water at Marah. Can you believe that? Can, can you? I want you to put yourself in this story here this morning. I want you to really, really just understand what is going on. I want you to place yourself in a place where you've been traveling for three days for water, and all of a sudden you come to this place, Marah, and I don't want to get too far into the story because it shows us that the water was bitter, but right before that, right before they figured out that the body of water was bitter, the people should have been ecstatic that they found water. How many people can say amen to that? I mean, it's a, it's a place where they should have felt a huge relief to finally find what they have been looking for. And, and I, I don't know about you, but in my life, I, I do believe that when we come to a place in our lives where we find what we're looking for, it should bring some sort of peace, some, sh- some sort of comfort, and definitely a fulfillment in our lives when we find something that God has provided for us as God provided this body of water for the children of Israel. Like, I, I would be ecstatic. I would be praising the Lord at this moment. I know that you would be too. Like, for three days of just, you know, searching for water, you come across a body of water. I, I, I just ask you this morning, when you finally find yourself at a place where you find maybe the spouse that you've been looking for, you praise the Lord for that spouse, or maybe the friend that you've been praying for that you've been seeking after, and you finally find that friend, you're praising God for it, or, or maybe the career that you've been working so hard to accomplish, when you get there, you're like, God, thank you for this job that you blessed me with, or maybe a ministry that you've been in church for years, and you've been asking God to open up certain doors or certain avenues where you could finally minister at church and God provides it for you and you are there and you thank the Lord for it. But what happens when it's not exactly what you thought it was supposed to be? And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They were at a place where God presented to them a body of water and it it wasn't what it was supposed to be because we read here that it was bitter and it was all of a sudden at a place where the children of Israel had found what they were looking for, but it wasn't what it was supposed to be. They tasted the waters and they realized that the waters were bitter. The children of Israel must have been shocked that God, what are you trying to do here? And I don't know, maybe in that marriage or with that friendship or in the career or in the ministry, we come to a place where we know God brought it to us, but we're at a place where we're confused because it's not what it was supposed to be. This is not what you intended for me. This is not your promise, God. What are you going to do now? Have you ever been there? Because I've been there before. I, I, I can't imagine certain times in our lives where we know that God has brought us to a place, he's presented something for us, he's provided something for us, but just at a moment of that situation, we're asking God, God, why did you bring me here, God? Why did you allow this to happen? And the children of Israel were at a place where they had the justification to say, God, are you playing a trick on me? What are you doing with me? You brought me to a body of water. We've been dying of thirst for three days and today it is bitter God what are you doing you might be in your marriage today asking yourself God why is my marriage the way it is what happened to this friendship this ministry wasn't supposed to go this way God my job wasn't supposed to take me in this direction but what is going on this is just the introduction this morning you know 
It's not supposed to be this way as a term or a statement that we might say quite often in our lives. And it comes because of a disappointment. And that's the title this morning, Disappointments. And, and I have to be honest with you, I mean, I was doing the numbers uh, just this week. I was talking to somebody and they asked me and it's been 23 years of pastoring. 20? I can't even believe I'm saying that this morning. Like, 23 years. And, and, and I, I think of all that I've gone through and I think of all the disappointments that I've gone through in my life. And disappointments are real. I've said to myself many times before, how could certain things be happening? I've, I don't know if you find yourself today in your life saying to yourself, this isn't what I expected it to be. And maybe people in circumstances have disappointed you. And it's very, 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 I'm sure it has happened because it happens to all of us. But look, there's good news because in the same chapter, right? Chapter 15, verse 26, this is what the Lord says. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I have brought on, on the Egyptians. How many people can praise the Lord for that? Amen. Praise God. God is faithful. But I want to focus on the next thing it says here. For I am the Lord who heals you. There's been so many times that I have dealt with disappointments in my life, and I'm dealing with disappointment right now in my life in a situation where I can't believe it's a certain way, but God has allowed it to be a certain way because he has a divine purpose in disappointments. I believe that. He doesn't allow anything to happen that he does not permit to happen, and I believe in those things. But listen here. In the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, he presents himself as Jehovah Rapha, and that means it is the Lord who heals. And, and there are times in our lives where we are so disappointed that we need the Lord to heal our hearts. And I've been there before. And, and, and it seems like you get out of one thing, out of one disappointment to get into another one and you ask the Lord, Lord, where are you? What is going on? But God is there. He's brought you to this place. He's brought you to this place because he's going to reveal himself as the one who heals. Not only the one who heals our heart, but the one who heals the water. The one who heals the circumstance. The one who heals the disappointment. That is who he is. Jehovah Rapha. Healer. Can you praise the Lord for that this morning? Give him a clap offering because he is a healer. And he alone heals all our hurts. And um, including life's biggest disappointments. And, and God is teaching the Hebrews in this story that he isn't just the God who miraculously parts the water so that they can walk through dry land, but he is the God who can literally heal the waters that they are before. And it says this in, in, in scripture that God is there to heal. God is Jehovah Rapha. And because of that, we believe in Jesus' name. We believe in the name of the Lord Jesus that he is our deliverer. And not only is he our deliverer, he is our provider. And God reveals to them that he is a provider in Egypt. And God is revealing to him that he is a provider in their everyday life. I believe that. But there's a danger that we as children of God experience when we approach life's disappointments. There are issues, and that is this. The number one thing that I believe that comes into our lives, a danger, is bitterness. Somebody say bitterness. bitterness. Man, when we get disappointed, there's this thing called bitterness that can really, really, really take our lives by storm. 
And bitterness is, let me give you the definition of bitterness. It's an anger, a disappointment of being treated unfairly, having resentment. And bitterness brings that into our lives. I don't know how many times in my life that when a disappointment occurs, the first thing that happens is that I I feel in my heart that it is something that has been done to me unfairly, that I don't deserve this. And you might be sitting in the house of the Lord today saying today, man, what I'm going through today, I don't deserve. But it's divine and it's there for a purpose. It's there for a purpose. And, and, and bitterness is something that is, is not seen on the outside, on the surface of our hearts. Bitterness is something that is occurring inside, in the depth of our hearts. It grows beneath the surface. And listen to what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says. It says this, see to it that no one's fall short of the glory of God. Nobody wants that. How many people, nobody wants to fall short of the glory of God. That's not in our goals. We don't want that to happen. And listen to what the Bible says. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many, because that's what bitterness can do. It could defile you. And we want to cast off any form of bitterness this morning. And where you're sitting here today, I ask you that if any disappointments have caused bitterness today, to come to the Father and let him, Jehovah Rapha, heal you this morning from those disappointments and from those heartbreaks. Be cautious in allowing bitter roots to grow in your heart. We as individuals should see to it that those bitter roots don't cause us to fall short of his glory. Man, that's the worst place you could be, falling short of the glory of God. Like, that's not where I want to be. I want to be in his glory. I want to be in his presence. I want to see him face to face. I want to rejoice with him. I want to have a fellowship with him. And bitterness breaks that. And and there are times where because of disappointment and because we are hurt and because things aren't the way that we, we, we plan them out to be, we grow bitter because of that. And the children of Israel were at a place where they finally find, man, what they've been looking for, that body of water. And you have maybe found what you've been looking for, and God provided it for you. And maybe it's just not the way it's supposed to be, but God can make it the way it's supposed to be. Can you praise the Lord for that? God wants his people to live in love, in joy, in peace, and in holiness, not bitterness. God has not called us to live a life of bitterness because of disappointments. God has called us to be free from disappointments and free from bitterness. You know, I believe that God often uses disappointments in our lives to reveal the state of our hearts, to see where we're at. Like he allows disappointments to reveal what's inside, like where you are at in life. And this happens so that we could bring these broken hearts before God for healing. So today I encourage you, my word of encouragement, my word of advice this this morning is that you may bring your disappointments, that you may bring your hurts, and you may bring your bitterness to the Father in heaven. That you have free access to come into the throne room of God with your bitterness, with your disappointments, and with your hurts. Understanding and knowing that God is Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals us. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says this. Cast all your anxieties, all of them 
not some of them, not a portion of them. The Bible says that if you have any form of anxiety, any form of disappointment, any form of bitterness, any form of whatever it is that you're going through, to cast them upon the Lord. It says cast all your anxieties, and why should we do this? Because it's a religious action? No. Why should we cast all our anxieties? Some of your translations say burdens. Why should we do this? It's right before you read it this morning. Why should we do this? Because what? He cares for us. Man, look over to the person next to you and tell him he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. The Bible says to cast all form of anxiety upon him because he cares for you. I, I, I encourage you to watch him heal you just as he healed the bitter waters of Mara, something that only God can fix. And, and I, I thank the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, that I'm saying, but there are times where we have to thank him for our disappointments because if not, we don't see him as a divine healer. We don't see him as a divine provider. We don't see him as the God for what he really is the one who is in control, as he was in control of the children of Israel when they approached his body of water. And, and, and I, for instance, when, when, if I would have been there with the children of Israel, I would have rejoiced when I, seen, when I see that body of water. I would have been like, thank the Lord for everything that he has done because of what I see before me. Thank you for this body of water, what I see with these eyes. Have you ever thought something was good based on appearance only? Have you ever done that? You might be sitting next to the person actually right now just because of the sight that you saw. It might be, it captured you, it raveled you, it just kind of took you by, by a storm. And you can tell your, your significant other, that's exactly how I feel. You can use my words. But this morning, there are things in our lives where we see them as appearance and just because of appearance, we consider them good. And look at what Samuel says, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And listen to this. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for that, that God looks at the heart of man and not at the appearance of man. And that's because God is a God of intimacy. God is a God of relationship. God is a God of what matters. And your heart is what matters. Your heart cannot be bitter due to a disappointment because you will draw far away from God. It is a given truth, man. It is a given truth. On the outside, the waters of Mara looked fine. They looked totally fine. But there was something wrong with the waters. And it was okay for God, because nothing scares God. Nothing is impossible for God. I could only imagine when they tasted the water and it was bitter, that they threw their hands up and they said, now it's time to die. I can only imagine that. And God is just sitting in his throne, calmly looking at the situation. And I want to let you know that that's how he's dealing with your life. He is calm looking at your situation. You may be throwing your hands up and saying, man, I can't deal with these bitter waters. I can't deal with these disappointments. And God is sitting there just understanding how you feel because you have every right to feel that way. But God is in control and God is your healer, Jehovah Rapha. 
Give him a clap offering this morning. I encourage you to do that this morning. And you know, today you may look like everything is fine. Today you may look like everything is fine. You know, in, in church service, when, when people come up to us, the, the decent thing to do is to say, hey, how are you? How's the family? How are you doing? And I'm sure you're not going to tell them, man, it's horrible. Last night I fought with my wife all night long. The kids are driving me crazy. They were up all night. I can't stand the situation I'm in. Sometimes I even ask the Lord why he gave me kids. Like, you don't do that stuff. You may feel it, but you don't do that stuff. What we do is, it's going great. I can't complain. Things are awesome. They can't be any better. And you look good. Like when we come to church, we, we dress up, we, we, we put on our best cologne, and we come to church, and, and we look like things are good, but maybe, just maybe, you may look fine on the outside, but there is something wrong within that, that, that body, and it's your heart, and your heart is far from God because of a disappointment, and because of bitterness, and because of something that is going on, and I'm here to repeat again, Jehovah Rapha can heal you. And just because the waters are bitter, that doesn't mean he can't make them better. God doesn't want us in bondage. He doesn't want us in bondage. He doesn't want us angry. He doesn't want us in total bitterness. Because we know that in bitterness, we're cold. We're, we're people that you don't want to be around when you're in bitterness. Bitterness can be detected from a distance. If not the minute they open up their mouths, you can detect, whoa, something's wrong with this individual. And we don't want to be that way. When we have a relationship with the Lord, bitterness should not be dwelling there. And when disappointments come, we should understand that it has a purpose. God doesn't want us to be stuck in bitterness. God wants us to be free. And I repeat this. God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you wrapped up in, in, in the bondage of bitterness. We have freedom over sin and darkness when we follow Christ. We have freedom. When we follow Christ, there is freedom in him. In the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 38 through 39, it says this. Therefore, my friends, man, this is going to be good. It says this. I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Praise the Lord. We're saved because of this. The gospel of Jesus that was proclaimed. Throughout generation and generation, today we stand on that truth that the gospel has been proclaimed back then and today, and it still continues to go on. It says this, through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Listen, the devil is a liar, and if he's telling you that you've just been born that way and that, you know, you, you're just, that's the way you are, and, you know, it's just, you know, that thorn in the flesh. You know, no, 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 no. There is sin that God says you are free from. You don't have to be bound by it. There is a freedom in Christ Jesus. Every sin, every single sin you are set free. It says a justification you were not able to obtain through the law of Moses. Now, the law can't bring that freedom, but Jesus can. 
Jesus can bring that freedom. The law cannot bring that freedom because it's man-made. Things that man makes, things for you to be holy before people, just proper things, the law, things that you should do before the eyes of man. That does not heal the heart. What heals the heart is the one who broke it and made it of flesh, and that's Jesus. His death on the cross and the resurrection three days later. That, that is what works. God is fully, fully, he fully understands and cares about us no matter what we face. There is not one sin, one disappointment, one area of bitterness that God does not care. He cares about them all, and he understands them. He is there for you. Don't let the enemy lie to you this morning. The word of God says in the book of Psalms, and you don't have to turn there, in the book of Psalms, chapter 147, verse 3, one of my favorite verses in scripture, one of my favorite verses. It says this, his word tells us, right, that he heals the brokenhearted. Oh, man. I was not raised in the church. And, I mean, my daughter is blessed to be raised in in a home, and my son is as well, a godly home. And some of you have been able to give that to your children. But how many people were not raised in a Christian home? Can I see your hands? Not raised in a Christian home. Yeah, and I'm not saying that if you were born in a Christian home and you, 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 you weren't born in a Christian home that you're not broken, but I came broken to the Lord. Like my family was an utter disaster. My father was homeless, addicted to drugs, and my mom had lost her mind because of it, and it's just a, a bunch of drama in my family that I was far from God, and my heart was broken, and I was far from him, and the last thing I wanted was God. Do I have a friend in the house? But God. But God had different plans, and God came to me. When I was in my most darkest of moments, God came to me and healed me. And I praise the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that he heals the brokenhearted. And he heals the brokenhearted at the point of salvation. And he heals the brokenhearted during salvation. Because you will have heartbreaks. You will lose people in this life. You will come to situations in your life where your heart is hurting and you are disappointed, it will happen. I'm not saying it will never happen, it's just when it happens that you will be disappointed because of the heartbreak. I'm here to tell you today that he heals your heartbreak. And the most beautiful part of this verse is not that he heals the brokenhearted. That's not the most, the the best part of this verse. The best part of this verse is that he binds up their wounds, meaning that he cares for you in the midst of your brokenhearted. He binds your wounds. He takes care of you as a nurse takes care of a patient. He binds your wounds. He takes off that gauze and he binds that up and he takes care of you because he loves you. Just like the verse says, to cast all your anxieties and all your burdens on him because why? He cares for you. Tell yourself that this morning. He cares for me. Charles Spurgeon says this, and it's going to come up here for you as this is an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, quote. Hearts are broken through disappointments. Amen? Amen. Hearts are broken through bereavement. It happens. Hearts are broken in 10,000 ways. For this is a heartbreaking world. We're not home yet, guys. This is just temporary. We're just passing by. 
and where we live and this moment, it is a heartbreaking world. And Christ is good at healing all manners of heartbreak. I thank the Lord that he heals all manners of heartbreak. Bring your disappointments to the cross of Jesus Christ. Bring your bitterness to that cross and see how Jehovah Rapha, our healer, can turn the most bitter life sweet. Do you know of that individual that is just bitter as can be? You may be that person deep down inside, just bitter, and God can make your life sweet, just like he did to the waters of Mara. He could change you. He could transform you. Some of us are dealing with disappointments of our past because they're there and they're real. Maybe what happened to you was unfair, and I don't have the reasoning as to why it happened, but I do know one thing. God can heal you from your disappointments of your past to your present disappointments. God is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, this is a discourse that Jesus presents in the New Testament, and it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Praise God. He has sent me to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Can you praise the Lord for that? And provide for those who grieve in Zion. Thank you, Jesus. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Thank you, Lord the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This passage is significant to anyone who is dealing with heartbreak or disappointment. It's very significant. We see that God has come to heal the brokenhearted, and in the Hebrew term brokenhearted, it means this, To be wrecked, to be wrecked. That's what brokenhearted means, to be wrecked. Like wrecked. To be crushed. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I definitely have. And to be shattered. Like if your world is broken right before you. That's what brokenhearted means. But I praise the Lord that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to heal the brokenhearted. And we know how all this feels. We, we, we know how, what it means to, to be wrecked, what it means to be crushed, what it means to be shattered. But there is good news because God is Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals the brokenhearted. The one who liberates the captive. The one who frees the one who is in bondage. He is a God who gives beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, and praise for heaviness. It is an exchange that God does. He exchanges the horrible for the good. He takes upon himself your ashes, and he gives you beauty. He takes upon himself your mourning, And he gives you joy. He takes upon himself your heaviness. And he gives you praise. It's an exchange. 
It's not a fair exchange. It's an exchange that we don't deserve. It's an exchange that the motive of it is pure mercy and grace, but it is an exchange. An exchange, I repeat, that we do not deserve, but he grants us anyways. Heartbreak tries to take the beauty of your life and turn it into ashes. That's what heartbreak wants to do. He wants to, that, that's what disappointment wants to do. It wants to take the, the beauty of your life and turn it directly into ash, into nothing, into mourning. But God does the opposite. God turns your ashes of your heartbreak into beauty. Those things that we suffer, God turns them for your good. He turns them around because he is able to and he can do. And that's the glory of God, the power of God, the majestic power of God that he could transform our ashes into beauty, our mourning into joy, and our heaviness into praise. That is who he is. So today, if you feel a certain way because of your disappointments, God is telling you today, give me your disappointments, give me your ashes, give me your heaviness, give me your mourning, and I will give you blessing in return. God takes childless Abraham and Sarah and gives them a family in Isaac. And this was a problem. The situation that Abraham had and Sarah had, it was a problem. It was a prophetic problem. Because if they didn't have a child, the lineage of Jesus would stop. This was a problem. But I thank the Lord that God is involved in our problems. And when there is a problem that looks like it is impossible, God is ever present as he blesses Sarah and he blesses Abraham with a child in Isaac. That is a blessing. In the midst of their disappointments, like how much disappointment did Sarah and Abraham have in their life? Think about that. You guys know that we're at a, at a late age in their lives. Abraham and Sarah conjured a, a, an idea of how this child should be born. They get out of God's will and they have a child that they're not supposed to because disappointment drives you to despair and, and just desperate measures. And here they are at a point of despair and desperate measures and they plan on something that is not in God's will. But God was still there. And he sees them. And he interferes. And in the midst of their disappointment, he appears to them and speaks to them. And they both laugh at God. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm here to tell you today that sometimes we could say that statement ourselves. Yeah, right. God, there's no way you could change this. Like the people of Israel when they were faced with Mara, there's no way you could possibly change this. And God says, oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. He heals the woman with the flow of blood, restoring her back to health. And we all know the story. She was desperate because that's what disappointment does. It creates in us a desperate a desperate being within us that will try anything possible in the midst of disappointments. 
She wasted everything she had. She looked for answers everywhere, and everything was just at its end road. She was looked down upon. She was casted away because of her situation, but she knew that if she could just touch the hem of Jesus. It led her to be desperate, though. In the crowds of people, she falls to her knees, and she grabbles to the place where Jesus is at, and she touches his hem, and when she touches his hem, she is made whole. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. She knew that Jesus could heal her. And today, I, I wanna let you know that you don't have to be bitter anymore. You don't have to live in a state of being desperate anymore and despair in God. He is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He comes to heal the brokenhearted. That is what he does. God works even the worst things together for our good. The worst things together for our good. Those moments in your life that you, you see that your man, your hands are thrown up in the air. Here we are, three days later in the desert. I mean, we can't go anymore, God. This is it. We thought that you were here present. We thought that you had performed the miracle. We see this body of water, but I guess it's not supposed to be this way, Lord God. I guess we're here to die. No, we're not. Can you come up and play for me? This is a place where God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to show himself to you in a point where everything looks impossible. God wants to reveal himself as the God that are, all things are possible. If you have a shattered heart, remember that God alone is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Christ can heal your broken heart. And I don't know why you're broken this morning and only God knows, but I know one thing, that God can heal your broken heart. Even if it doesn't seem possible at the moment, God can heal you this morning. Do you believe that this morning? There may be moments in your life that you've been in, in disappointment and you might live in disappointment. That's a, you might tell me, Pastor, I, I live in disappointment because of my life. Well, then I'm here to tell you that you've been called to live in his presence because he wants to reveal himself in your disappointments. He wants to reveal himself in his glory, in his power, because that's who he is and he can. He doesn't want his church to be bitter. He doesn't want us to defile ourselves with bitterness and for us to fall short of his glory. That's not what he wants. That's what the enemy wants. And God hasn't called us to live that kind of lifestyle. God has called us to live a lifestyle in his glory and his goodness. We are called to experience his goodness in the land of the living. That means that now, today, as we are alive, as we're breathing, as people witness our lives, we are called to witness his goodness in our lives. And if you agree on that, give him a clap offering this morning. That's who he is. Jehovah Rapha. Your healer. And sometimes we think of God as a healer physically. And yes, we do believe in that. But sometimes God is our healer internally. Things that we cannot see. Disappointments that we possess because of what people have done, because of what life has brought, and listen to this, because of actions that you have done. 
And God is a healer. He is your healer today. And he wants to reveal himself today as Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Remember that he heals the brokenhearted and he sees your pain. The Bible says in Exodus, when he was dealing with Moses, he says to Moses, I hear their cries and I see their sufferings. And because of that, I want you to free them. I want you to free them. And Moses was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You've called the wrong person. And I, I share a little bit about that because God is, is aware of what you're going through. God is aware that you are faced with a body of water that you can do nothing with. That your hands are thrown up in the air because you just don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it, God. What do we do? What do you do when when your life crumbles before you and and life changes before you and, and God literally allows your life to be flipped upside down and you have no answers? It is the best place you could be at because you will be reliant on God and God alone only. You will abandon all self-reality here, all self-ability and say, God, I only depend on you and I can only depend on you right now. And that's where the children of Israel were at. He will turn your brutal pain into your beauty one day. He will change it. The pain that you're going through today, God will change that into beauty. And life is full of all sorts of heartbreaks and sickness and grief and, and job losses and betrayal and breakups and everything else that this world brings. <clears throat> when your blessing and what God has given you, you no longer consider it a blessing, but you consider it a curse because you can't do anything with it. When you look at your marriage and you say, God, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Where's the affection? Where's the love, God? God, it wasn't supposed to be this way. My children, we're supposed to be serving you, God. It wasn't supposed to be this way. This job that you gave me, God, was not supposed to. The ministry, God, that you blessed me with, it wasn't the vision that you've given me, God. Now what? Our God is compassionate. He is loving and he is tender. And he remains near to us through every single heartbreak. And I end with this verse this morning. And I hope that God has been speaking to your heart as as this word has been presented this morning. In the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 14, what a verse. I don't know if you're tired of being disappointed. I don't know if you're tired of being bitter. I don't know if you've come to a point in your life where you've just thrown up your hand and say, God, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of, of acting on appearance 
only. As the first book of Samuel we read, where I portray this person, but I'm, I'm tired of portraying that. I'm tired, God. Listen to what it says, Exodus 33, 14. My presence will go with you. God, somebody shout amen and hallelujah for that. (laughs) If that doesn't excite you, man, you need some sort of resuscitation spiritually. My presence will go with you? That's a... That's a God of covenant. That's a God of promise. That he will not go back on his word. He stated in the Old Testament and he stated it in the New Testament. I am your comforter. I am your source of help. I am he who is with you. I shall not leave you. I shall not depart from you. I shall be with you. A God of covenant. A God of peace and covenant. A God of promise. That is who he is. In the midst of your disappointment. Listen, it's, it's, not, it's not going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. My presence will go with you. I don't deserve it. It doesn't belong with me. God, I've disappointed myself. I've disappointed you. He still says, my presence will go with you. And I want you to let that sink into your spirit this morning. That God shall never leave you. He shall never forsake you. That he is your God ever present. In the time of trouble and in the time of need. And that is who he is. My presence will go with you. I can stay here for a very long time, but I'm not going to. And then he says, I shall give you rest. There is no price tag on this. And I'm not even saying that God will heal you. I'm just saying that he'll give you rest. Because we know in the life of Paul, in the midst of his sickness, in the midst of his struggle, in the midst of his his heartbreaks, in the midst of all things, God permitted it, but God was with him. And God gave him rest in the middle of those things. And I'm here to tell you today that he can give you rest. He could give you rest in the midst of your heartbreak. He could give you rest in the midst of the diagnosis. He could give you rest. He could give you rest in the face of this body of water that cannot be drunk at the moment he will give you the rest and I don't know how many people here today need that rest that you're in the process right now of throwing up your hands and saying God I I just I'm at a point right now in my life God where I I just can't move forward God and and I really just want to quit this thing I'm at a point of despair oh God I'm at a point where I just can't go any longer Lord God And God is telling you, I'm with you. And I'm going to give you rest. And if that's you here today, and God has spoken to you today, 
and you've experienced disappointment in a way where it's affected your life, can I see your hand here today because I want to pray for you? Can you come forward with me this morning? And I want to pray for you. And you know what? I believe God wants you to experience him today in a personal way. In a way that man cannot bring. In a way church cannot bring. In a way service cannot bring. But only in a way where his presence can bring. And that's where God wants you this morning, in his presence. I'm ask if you can sing something. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. Just start worshiping God where you're at this, this morning. Just worship him right where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. to minister. Exchange ashes for beauty today, Lord. Mourning for joy, heaviness for praise. We come against all forms of bitterness today, Lord. Wrap us in your arms, oh God. Wrap us in your arms. Embrace us with your love, with your mercy and your grace. Oh God, we need you, Lord God. We need you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Tell him today, wrap me in your arms. in your arms. Just our voices today. Let's sing that to him. Just our voices. Wrap us in your arms. for the bodies of Mara that we face because we know that the end of Mara is victory 
We know that the end of Mara is healing. And even though we may not see it today, Lord God, we are believing in your word and in your power and in who you are above all things. Have our hearts today, Lord, and heal us. Wrap us in your arms. Take us to that place, God. Father, today as we close this service off, Lord God, your word says that you are the Lord that heals, that you are Jehovah Rapha. And today, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, for your healing power upon our bodies and upon our hearts today, Lord God, knowing that you are more than able, Jesus. Have your way in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this service. We thank you for all that you have done through your word, Lord God, through worship this morning, oh God. And Father, as we're closing off with healing, Lord God, we present the pastor of this house, Lord God, Regal, today, Lord God, that you continue to heal his body, Lord God, and restore his health, Lord Jesus. We pray for a recovery that only comes through you, Lord God, a speedy recovery, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We pray for this house, Lord God, for every individual here today, Lord God, that we cast out bitterness, Lord God, through disappointments, oh God. Father, we just want to be clear at heart, Lord God, and we don't want to fall short of your glory, Lord God. We want to see you and experience you in in our everyday life with you, Lord God. Father, we love you and we honor you, Lord God. Be with us, Lord God. Allow us to express your love and your goodness this week, Lord God, as we may encounter people who need you, Lord Jesus, that Jesus may be evident in our lives, and Lord God, those who need you may see him in our lives. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to share your words to your people. It is an honor. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we all say Can you give him a clap offering this morning? Amen. I see he's awesome.